0: Welcome to the Emerge Leadership Connection, the podcast that gives you the keys to unlock your heroic potential, develop into a legendary leader, and emerge into who you are meant to be. On today's episode, we have a conversation with Dr. Corinne Weaver and discuss what it's like to be a child unable to breathe, the power of natural herbs and chiropractics, what happens when your head literally is not on straight, how important the vagus nerve is to the human physiology and what impacts it and how it all ties to leadership i'm your host Cody Dakota founder of the leadership guide and finalist for the extraordinary award for coaches with ideas that can change people businesses and the world for the better for my ideas on leadership stay tuned to the end of the episode to discover how to join the league of Legendary Leaders, an association of leaders with the goal to raise $100,000 monthly to support nonprofit causes which are currently looking to impact the world and make it better for future generations. Now, on to the show. Hey, Corinne, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, Cody. Thank you so much for having me on your show.
0: Oh, the pleasure is all mine. I'm thrilled to have you here because um, we met at a conference not too long ago and uh, we started talking and there's there something that I've been working on in my own life and that you happen to just be like a master at. <laughs> And, it, and you're not a master by choice, like, like I'm hoping to become one day. You, you're a master because you needed to be a master because it was life or death.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah, I was uh, 10 years old riding my brand new pink bicycle, and then all of a sudden a horse fell landing on my shoulder. I reached over to knock it off and I went flying over the handlebars and I messed up my teeth. And from that day on, I had a head trauma and I couldn't breathe. I became like allergic to all my surroundings and I needed like breathing machines morning and night and allergy shots. And it was just like more and more and more medication. Um, it was just a horrible way to live as a child. To not Do you know anybody with asthma, Cody?
0: I, I've had a few friends that have had sports induced asthma, which means that they basically played sports at a higher level than their lungs could actually handle. And so they obtained asthma afterwards. Yeah. Um, So this was like
1: waking up and like having like tons of bricks on your chest and just being able to try to just take a deep breath. You just couldn't every day. And it just You know, like thinking about running or thinking about going on a walk or even laughing, like, like when someone made me laugh, I was like, don't make me laugh because I'm gonna have an asthma attack because I can't breathe. And it was horrible. So I had to have the steroid, um, like little inhaler in my pocket. So I was getting high. I was doing that like ten or fifteen times a day because it makes you high. That's
0: a, that's that's a different way of getting high. That's, exactly. that's not what most people think of when you say that.
1: <laughs> well, it makes you high. Steroids, yeah. So I was like living all these steroids. My brain was like woo. Um, and then my uncle John, he would go to the Amazon rainforest, not Amazon.com. <laughs> he would come from the rainforest, and he was really into natural healing, and so he would bring in. Eucalyptus and neriticado and all these barks and leaves, and I'd be like, "What is he doing?" And then he would make a tea for me in the kitchen, and here I am with a kitchen towel like over my head, and I'm breathing in all these different herbs. And I was like, hmm, "This makes me feel really good. I really like the way this was making me feel better than the steroids and everything I was on." So even as a small kid, around 11 or 12, I was like, I was interested into the natural health, but. I really didn't know really how to get into it. I couldn't go to the Amazon rainforest and get an <laughs> herbs, you know, like there wasn't any kind of herbal store. I, I was raised in Charlotte, North Carolina. And there's like no herbal, nothing was natural here. You know, nothing like that. Now, now that we have today, we have what Whole Foods here and Trader Joe's and all these different options for natural herbs Where before in the eighties. It I didn't, didn't exist. exist. No, it didn't exist. And so He would, um, you know, bring these different things and I was learning from him. And then he got in a really bad car accident Mm. and he fractured his spine. And I went to go visit him. He lived in Florida and I was 16 at this time. And here I am. I have no clue what I'm doing. He's having me lay herbs on his back and I'm like working on his spine. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. But he just wanted me to help him because he was in so much pain and he was not going to take any painkillers. I mean, he fractured his spine. He's not taking any painkillers.
0: That's a bold Sorry. man because I get a headache and I take Advil. So. Right.
1: He, is, he is a bold man, um, but he knew the power of the herbs. And so I was working on his spine and he woke up and he's like, what did you do? Because I feel amazing. And he's like, you should be a chiropractor. You have healing hands. And I was like, I have no clue what chiropractic was. I've never heard of it before, but I fell in love with the philosophy that our bodies were designed to heal itself. And I never thought about looking back, you know, chiropractic. When you get in chiropractic school, they always try to find the cause of your problem and not just cover up your symptoms. And I was like, well, you know, I was healthy until I had that bike accident. And it kind of put it all together that I had that head trauma, that mild concussion, messed up my teeth, and it created this, like, neurological disaster where I couldn't breathe. And so. When I went to chiropractic school, I learned about what we call upper cervical. So cervical means neck, and I worked at the upper area.
0: Okay. And I
1: got uh, Atlas. It's the first bone, Atlas. Isn't that a cool name, Atlas?
0: Great. So name. that's,
1: a, that's uh, the name. First of the bone class.
0: in the back?
1: Yeah, the first bone in your spine is called I,
0: atlas. I wonder if that's um, well, because because in Greek legends you have Atlas, right? And the role right. of Atlas was to hold the world, right? And so the 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 first bone there is to holds hold your head, your your world, right? Because yeah, a lot exactly. of our world we see through our mind, right?
1: You got it. You're so smart, Cody. Yeah. So Atlas, is it, <laughs> <laughs> it holds your head. And so my atlas was not holding my head. My head was not on straight. Okay, oh. so Now your parents tell you, get your head on straight. For,
0: for most people, that's metaphorical. For you, it was, it, that was real.
1: It was real. My head was on crooked. Jeez. And so when he made that, I had a chiropractor, he made that adjustment. Immediately, I could take a deep breath. And I was like, what did you just do to me? This thing is so crazy to think that you made adjustment to my spine. And all of a sudden, now there's another cool word too. It's called vagus, vagus nerve. So the vagus nerve lives right on your brainstem and it goes to your diaphragm. So when he made that adjustment, that immediately relieved that nerve that was going to my diaphragm. And it's like everything just opened up it was like the floodgates just kind of opened up. And I was like, wow. So ever since that day, I decided I was going to be an upper cervical chiropractor, went on the, you know, million years of school, takes like eight years of school. Um, And then, you know, been in practice for 15 years, Cody, and I've helped thousands of thousands of people with their heads
0: not being on straight. <laughs> literally. We're, we're not talking metaphysic- or, uh, metaphorically. We're talking literally people without their heads on straight. <laughs> yeah, you realize <laughs> Maybe it. I need to get that checked no, out. Look
1: that, look, look that. Yeah, uh, now i look at people I'm like, do you have your head on straight? Oh, it's a little off. I bet you have issues <laughs> with your sinuses. You might have issues with your stomach. You know, that nerve goes everywhere in your body and it controls oh, yeah. everything. And if it's being interfered with the communication we talk about communication with podcasts what if that communication was just cut off it was like you know you couldn't hear so that's what the body and brain's trying to communicate throughout the every second of the day to all your cells
0: definitely and and the vagus nerve is is a huge huge nerve that does so much in the body um it it also connects to your heart and there's there's a lot of different things that are going on with the signals that are going in there. Um, with there's a book out there. There's a book out there called love 2.0 that talks okay. a lot about this. Um, and, and just, just, the, it's a huge nerve.
1: It's a huge nerve. And we got two of them and they run down. And so not only does my diaphragm your heart and how your blood pressure and how you're going to the bathroom and digestion. So all of those things are so important and that's, there's two parts of the nervous system. You probably already know about this. There's the sympathetic, and there's and the, the parasympathetic. You know, go to your so the parasympathetic nervous system. That's your vagus nerve, and so it helps you rest and digest and stay calm. So for these people that have anxiety or panic attacks, all of that is controlled in that sympathetic nerve. Like you think a bear is going to attack you, your body gets into this nervous system that becomes panicky. And so we work on training people to how to breathe. You can control the breathing patterns and get you back to that parasympathetic nervous system to help you relax and digest and tell your body that you're in a safe place.
0: Definitely. Yeah. That's, that's one of the biggest problems going on in the world right now is we're, we're always on such high alert, right? Because we're watching the news and the news is telling us all this bad news of what's going on. And we're like, Oh my gosh, you know, someone's going like, there's a murder outside my window right now. And like, there's no one there. Right.
1: Right, But like
0: the news makes it seem like it or like, Oh no, I'm about to get hit by a natural disaster. Right. But like, you're nowhere near a natural disaster, disaster. right? And, and yeah. that, that's not to say that these things are not happening. It's just right. that for the majority of the time, it's not happening to most of us, right? But Right, that,
1: definitely. You know, and I've
0: had people, yeah. yeah. It, it feels like the world's about to end right here, right now, any second. And if I just make like the wrong twitch of my eye, right? Like it's all going downhill, right? And a lot of
1: people feel that way. They feel like there's so much pressure. You know, um, my mom passed away 11 years ago, actually today, Cody. And so this morning we were um, bringing out some old photos and laughing with my kids. I have a 17-year-old, a 12-year-old, and a 10-year-old. And my kids were like, "In the '80s was so cool because mom, you didn't have any devices and you played outside." <laughs> and you, they're like, "Mom, did you have hamburgers back then? Did you have a stove in the '80s?" It's <laughs> so old. It's hilarious. You know, they were like, "Let's go back to the old times." You know, in the '80s. <laughs> no. Yeah, I know it's happening. You know, it's just so funny, but but you know they. It was different there's so much pressure with social media now with our children that they feel like they have to have the perfect picture and everything has to be just right and the perfect saying and and it's just too much pressure that we're putting on these kids and so it's allowing them just to have fun and we have um this is something my mom taught me when she was diagnosed with brain cancer one of the worst brain tumors she was diagnosed with before she died and she said she wanted to start a gratitude journal. Now I realize this is someone that just got diagnosed with cancer. And she's like, I want a gratitude journal and I want to write the things that I'm thankful for. And I keep that up to this day, this you talk about being in the world of panic, like literally keep a gratitude journal. We all have something to be thankful for and stay positive with. And she would write in that journal, and we are writing that together. And she was paralyzed, you know, from the brain tumor, but she had so much to be thankful for. And so if you're think if you're listening now and you know, you might be going through a bad diagnosis or a medical doctor tells you you have this, you know, try not to think about all that negativity. You still have a lot of positive in your life and you can change that around.
0: Definitely. <laughs> and and like there a lot of times there's so many things we take for granted, like your head is on straight for most people, (laughs) right? Yeah, right. You can breathe for most people, right? But like, even if like physically there's a lot going on, like look out in the world. The sun was shining today, right? Like I'm looking at your window right now and the sun is coming through and it's creating this awesome glare. Like that's a moment you can take just to see how awesome and amazing the world is around you even if not everything is perfect right now.
1: Right. I mean, it's, it is amazing our, our world and the, what God created. And I believe God created all these plants and there's so many plants that we can use for healing and, you know, with nutrition and stress management that we can live a healthier life and not depend on medication. And so I started my new podcast, Cody, and it's called No More Meds um, because it, it's sad when people come in, even children come in and they're, I was talking to a patient today and she's in her thirties and she was taking 10 different medications. And she was like, okay, I'm taking this for depression. I mean, we were writing them out. I said, why are you taking this one? Well, this one's for depression. This one's for high blood pressure. This one's for high cholesterol. This and one's cause I can't go to the bathroom. How old <laughs> she was mid thirties, like 35. Okay. <laughs> yes. And so I'm writing them all down. Um, and she's diagnosed with fibromyalgia. So she's in a lot of pain. So there's three different pain medicines that she's on and she's on a sleeping pill. And I'm looking at the list here and I'm like, Oh Lord, let's just, let's just help this woman. You know, like yeah. how in the world are you keeping up with this many medications?
0: And so, um, Cause It's hard to keep up with one set of medication, right? let alone 10.
1: Yeah. And so we were, I said, well, let's get this better. Let's get you going to the bathroom better so you don't need two medications to make you go to the bathroom. And she's like, if I don't take these, I'll, i go to the bathroom once a week. And if I take both of these, I go to the bathroom every four days. And I'm like, what? You know, like probably some of the other medications she's on is making her not go to the bathroom. You know?
0: Yeah.
1: I'm so sad how her whole system is just like, stop. So you talk about that vagus nerve. I'm like, we're going to get you adjusted. We're going to get the nerves going down to your digestion and get things moving where you don't have to continue to take these medications.
0: Yeah, because because when, when, the, when you're not getting access to the parasympathetic, right? Your body won't digest. Literally, it that's won't. a part of it, right?
1: Yeah, it won't. It won't, even, it won't let you. She can't sleep, right? So she's not sleeping. So it's not resting. She's not resting and she's not digesting her food. So we know the vagus nerve has been affected. And probably from some type of either head trauma or emotional trauma too, because I find some people have emotional trauma when they're a child and it affects that vagus nerve as well.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Like there's (laughs) the, the, it's, it's crazy how like one small thing can set off this huge chain reaction that causes all these different things. And, and, every single one of those things you described, I could see being s- simply from the vagus nerve, like one nerve. One. And
1: how many do we have? Trillions. And
0: medications worth. <laughs> exactly.
1: You know, and so when I see these patients, my heart just breaks for them because I used to be, I used to think that way. You know, I used to think, Okay, if I have a problem, I'm going to see my medical doctor. They're going to give me a pill and I'm going to fix it with this pill. And then all of a sudden I have multiple problems and you don't even realize it until she was like looking at the list. She's like, wow, I didn't realize I was taking that many and what else really taking them for until we like sit down and like talk about it because it's such a quick visit. Like, oh, I can't sleep. I'll just take that pill. Oh, I can't go to the bathroom. I'll just take this. And no one's really looking at the whole picture of that person. And so that's what I do with people. We sit down for an hour. We discuss all these things that could be causing all these little causes that could have created this disaster in her body and work on getting her healthy so she don't need any more meds.
0: Why do you think it is that so often, it seems especially in our medical system, we don't really look at the person as a whole. We just kind of look at whatever symptom they happen to bring us that day and then we just send them on their way.
1: I know it's, it's really disappointing because it, I understand having specialists. I understand having that, but we need to have, a, we need to have a foundational doctor that's knowing exactly what these patients are taking um, and how they're taking it. Cause I think a lot of times people, when you're taking 10, they get confused and they're seeing multiple doctors. And even though they're within the same, I guess, insurance or pharmaceutical, company they still are not aligned and seeing the whole entire picture of this person a lot of it's time too, Cody they just don't have the time you have like three to five minutes to figure out what's wrong with this person
0: Um, and that's not enough time
1: it's not enough time um and you may have 15 minutes if you're lucky but we usually you know have to code more for that and there's too many sick people and people are running through and you can only see so many patients and we have limited doctors.
0: It, the, the you know what it almost seems like to me, it, it reminds me of a story that, um, that one, I, I had a podcast with someone earlier, um, not today, a, a different day. They were telling me the story of, um, of the river. And there's this tribe that lives next to the river. And one day they, they see a baby floating down the river and they go, okay, we have, we have to send someone out to save this baby. Right. Mm-hmm. So someone gets sent out to save the baby, brings it to shore. Right. And then the next day, another baby comes and the next day, another baby comes and then more babies start coming. Right. And mm-hmm. so they they create this elaborate system to continue to save these babies. Right. And one day someone goes, Hey, um, what if we just go up the river and see where are these babies coming from? Right. right? And everyone's like, we don't have time to do that. If we we don't do all these things here that, you know, we're not going to be able to keep up with all the babies coming. And it seems like one of those dilemmas to me.
1: Yes. The medical system needs to change. And so it gradually is, but it's a big business. Um, And so these, I'm meeting with doctors weekly and these are doctors that have been in the big business and they're branching out. And so I meet with pediatric neurologists now and pediatricians and uh, eye doctors. And so they're starting to branch out in what we call, we do functional medicine. I don't know if you've heard of that term yet. Mm-hmm. A functional medicine looks at the whole picture, looking at the causes, working with the patient with nutrition because it's so important and where I'm where I guess I'm raised in the South. And so we eat crappy. I mean, I have to admit it. I mean, it's bad (laughs) food here. It's good food. And
0: the thing is, that's almost become a societal norm now I, I wouldn't even say it's just the South anymore, right, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of just become a right? whole societal norm, you know Mcdonald's yeah. as as much as I hate to say this, is a staple in many people's diets, you know right. even right. even after the, the that documentary that showed super how bad yeah, yeah super like, me. even after that documentary came out, right how many people still have McDonald's as a staple in their diet or any fast food is a staple in their diet, right? Because it's, they're
1: on the go all the time. Because they're know, on the go
0: like, all the time go, and go, they don't go. know what other nutritional options there are even, right? Right.
1: Yeah. And so we got to go back to the plant-based eating and the going back to the roots and the barks, like my, my uncle was bringing in and breathing in. Um, and he was so funny. He would take my, um, you know, the bunny bread, the white bread, and this was okay. in the he would take the bread and squish it in a ball. He's like, don't eat this. And he didn't even know why, but he was just like, it can't be good for you. You can't have any nutritional value. Um, and now looking back, he was like a genius because white bread and you probably heard of gluten and what it does to your digestive system and how it can you know, cause inflammation to your brain. And so, yeah, all those things was creating inflammation. And now we're realizing, oh, the Hot Pockets we ate in the 80s, you know, in the microwave. <laughs> Maybe that wasn't the best nutrition back in the day. (laughs) And I'm, Lucky I'm, Charms. And, I'm going to raise
0: my hand really quick. I had Hot Pockets last night. Was, no, you did. I did. I did. I'm not lying. I did have Hot Pockets. Have they
1: changed myself. Hot Pockets? Have they put any no. spinach or anything? No, Broccoli? They're the
0: same. They're really oh bad gosh, for you and They're still really
1: bad. <laughs> All right, Cody. You I, know, I, when people I'm make guilty. change, they only make change when something bad happens. And that's when, usually when they come to see me. They're already having problems and they're like what can i do and i'm like well let's look at your nutrition and they tell me hot pockets <laughs> and they tell me lucky charms for dinner i'm like what are you doing with lucky charms for dinner <laughs> you're laughing <laughs>
0: I'm, I've been very guilty of this in my life. I have not been a good eater most of my life. I will 100% admit this. I okay. am probably part of the majority and I am working on getting better at this.
1: Okay, good. Yes. Well, the thing is, it's something insane. that we can control. You know, there's some things we can't control like our genetics, right? Yeah. And genetics do play a big role and there's a lot of genetics that are coming out where we're realizing things that, you know, someone can like yourself eat like crap and you can look skinny and not gain an ounce, right? And then well, you know,
0: and, and that doesn't mean you're healthy though.
1: Right. Exactly. You could be skinny, but it doesn't mean you're healthy. But you know, that's what people think, right? Yeah. You know, like, oh you're skinny, you must be healthy. Oh man, and my some of the skinniest people sure. are the unhealthiest people. Right? Oh, my,
0: like my my I, I used to be really, really much worse than where I am today. I, (laughs) in college, I had a huge soda addiction and I've only very recently mostly broken the soda addiction, but this is how bad it was in college. I would maybe 50% of the time go to breakfast, right? And with breakfast, I would have about four uh, 12 to 16 ounce glasses with breakfast. I would have lunch four 12 to 16 ounce glasses, dinner, four to 12, 16 ounce glasses. Um, And then a lot of times I would go out somewhere later that night and I would get a large soda from wherever I went and I would go through at least two of those. And then if the night was really bad and there's like some sort of paper going on and and I like, I, I was looking for energy. I could go through a two liter after all of that. Wow. Wow that's unhealthy. That's <laughs> very unhealthy. I had friends Dennis that were like, how do you not have diabetes? How are yeah. you not dead?
1: And how's your teeth? Did your dentist get on you? No, your teeth were
0: good. My teeth were good. I've never yeah. had I've a dentist say anything bad. Right. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a freak of nature, but you that, doesn't, right mean it. that right? doesn't mean it's good. Right. It's good. Right. Like, like just because you smoke cigarettes and you haven't gotten cancer doesn't mean you should continue to smoke cigarettes. cigarettes we still know that's bad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you've given I've, up. I have recognized that and I've dramatically cut my soda intake. I have a can or less a day now.
1: Good so, for you. Yeah. yeah good for you keep keep working on that yeah i don't know how many grams of sugar i mean i knew a patient where they were living on soda and very skin, skinny like you and they were 38 and they came to see me and they said they got type 1 diabetes mm-hmm. type 1 diabetes is when you need insulin and your whole pancreas shuts off and they say it's an autoimmune disorder yeah but the doctor said it was because he was it wasn't sodas it was monster drinks
0: Ooh, drinking yeah.
1: monster drinks every day, and that cut off his pancreas. <clears throat> so he made some big lifestyle changes. I worked yeah. with him, and he was able to not become a type one diabetic. We got his pancreas working again, and he got off his medication for insulin, and
0: he's doing well that's awesome yeah. right that so you can't turn that's, it around yes so so often we think we we run into these medical problems and it we, we feel like it's a death sentence mm-hmm. and what what I am starting to believe more and more as more research comes out as more studies come out as more people are trying new uh, tactics about going about these things is I feel like there are very few few diseases in existence, if any, that are incurable.
1: Right, exactly. There's, I mean, there's a lot of studies now with even MS and, uh, you know, all these autoimmunity immunities that they thought they couldn't cure, but things are changing. Um, A lot of it has to do with the bacteria, which I'm sure you've probably read a little bit about that, but having good bacteria, all these antibiotics that we've been using for years that messed up our bacteria which is our immune system, you know, 70% of our immune system is in our gut. So you got to get healthy rainforest living down there too.
0: (laughs) Definitely. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, my, my fiance's father talks a lot about the gut. He's done a lot of research into that. So I've definitely heard some of that from him.
1: Is he a doctor as well?
0: No, he's not a doctor actually. No. Um, the reason he, there, there's actually two reasons. Um, and I'm not sure it's necessarily my story to tell, but there's a few reasons that he he decided to study. The yeah, gut. he and he well, he really studied into health of all sorts of different things, um, mm-hmm. and and he's extremely intelligent around it. And
1: awesome. Good I'm definitely
0: him. I'm not anywhere near where he is, but they they've become the kind of family where it's like. They make the green drink in the morning and you're like, what's a green drink? (laughs) Exactly. What is that? Get some
1: ginger in there. (laughs)
0: There's a lot of things in there and it's all good for you. And it might not necessarily taste good, but (laughs) you'll be thankful for it.
1: Oh yeah. Love me some green drinks. We had smoothies this morning. We do smoothies almost every morning. Um, And I use blank. um, You probably heard of algae, but algae is really good for your brain. It's got a lot of DHA in it. So we do some, some brain stuff. And, you know, like I probably made the biggest changes with myself with my own health. And then when my mom was diagnosed with um, brain cancer, I did a lot of research on the brain. So I wanted to know how she got cancer and, you know, what were we able to do to she Cause when she found out she had cancer, she only had three months to live and, um, she lived three years. We still lost her, but, um, they weren't able to do anything medically But it was amazing that she had the three years with us instead of the three months. And so God really used that for our family. We became really close. It was really an amazing time when someone, you know, is eventually going to die, but you spend as much good quality time as you can with them. And, you know, life is so precious. We never know you never know. And that's when we started making changes and and doing more green, doing more green drinks (laughs) uh, and eating more blueberries. And, you know, like maybe our diet wasn't the best for mom, you know? And um, so she had rheumatoid arthritis too. um, And she had a lot of autoimmune. And uh, her issues started with her gut when she was 20. And she had major gut issues that led to like rheumatoid arthritis, which led to cancer and, she was on a lot of different medications throughout her life as well that played a big role. So that's why my, my mission is so big. And because I know, if people had this message and can know that, you know, they could possibly get healthy by themselves, they would really do it. They would make the changes before it's too late.
0: Yeah, exactly. And if you have the ability to dramatically increase the quality of your life, and and decrease the cost of your life right because Mm -hmm. like a a lot of times people get into whatever diets they're on because they they feel like they can't afford the healthier option right but Mm -hmm. when you really break down the costs right what what's more costly a little bit more expensive food or the medical bills you're going to have to pay for all the damage that your body's gone through
1: Oh, and medical expenses are not going down. No,
0: they're <laughs> dramatically increasing. If anything, right?
1: Yes, a lot. You know, even surgery these days for even like a back surgery because I am a chiropractor. Like it used to be, probably about sixty thousand dollars for a back procedure, and now it's gone up to like a lot more, like <laughs> around two hundred thousand. You know, and it's like, whoa, what happened? It's only been a few years. You know. Yeah. That's just the cost these days for the medical expenses. Exactly. Insurance covers some of it. It's still never a hundred percent. You still have to pay a good amount. And then thinking about the recovery time from the surgery and, you know, just, you only get one body, try to do the best you can to take care of it. Cause you want to live, you know, you don't want to be, I have a 95 year old grandfather. I have to say he's doing pretty good, you know? Um, And he's taking care of himself, you know, for all these years. But stress is a big one. So people, you know, <clears throat> people put themselves under too much stress. And that's where I feel like, you know, that could create a lot of damage that a lot of people don't realize that they're doing to themselves um, on a daily basis.
0: Definitely. So yeah. Time to breathe. You
1: gotta take time to breathe.
0: <laughs> exactly. And and like, and, and you're a master of this because like, like, I can't even imagine what it's like to not be able to breathe. Like, okay,
1: right. You take it, it for granted. granted.
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. And like, like, when was the last time you really stopped to think about breathing? And like, I know for you and for me, we, we probably have a little bit higher awareness than most people just because, you, well, for you, especially because you weren't able to breathe and me because I've made it a priority in my life to figure that out better for my own health right mm-hmm. like how, how often do people actually think about breathing usually never you know never.
1: unless they're trying to run <laughs> <laughs> they're <laughs> trying to exercise and they're like oh my goodness this is a hard, <laughs> lot harder than I thought it was gonna be
0: and even then I'm not really convinced <laughs> <'cause>,
1: <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> I tell people like every at least you know if you can't throughout the day but at least every night get in a really comfortable position on like with your spine lay on your back have a good i call cervical get a good neck pillow and really take the time to breathe through your nose and i tell people to at least to go in four and hold it for a couple seconds and then try to breathe out for eight so you want to breathe out more than you're breathing in which is harder to do especially you know as when you're in asthma, when you have asthma, you're always breathing in. You don't think about breathing out. You're like, <gasps> you know, just trying to yeah. get air in. And so training your body to breathe out will stimulate more of that parasympathetic, the vagus nerve, more activity when you're breathing out. So if you can concentrate and continue to breathe out, that will stimulate that area of your brain to tell yourself, oh, everything's okay. N- nothing's like burning down outside. We're going to make it through another day. Um, and to get their bodies to be able to relax, there's so many people that can't sleep, which is crazy to me because I love to sleep, you know, <laughs> like I have, I have no problem sleeping. Um, but there's so many people that will lay in bed and they just cannot fall asleep. Their minds are all over the place. Yeah. man, like, yeah, you just really need to shut your brain off and I'm just get in that deep, deep sleep because it feels so good to get a good night's rest, you know, you mm-hmm. wake up refreshed. And there's so many people that
0: live on caffeine,
1: <laughs> caffeine and sugar, and they can't get their brain to rest. There I, you was, go.
0: I have been one of those people most of my life. I still have a bit of a caffeine addiction. I've made it a top priority this year to, to cut down on that caffeine addiction. And so I was, I was at about four cans of soda a day. I'm down to one and I was at black tea and now I'm to green tea. Oh, look. And at so you. so I'm I've been working very hard to make <laughs> myself a better human being. I'm not perfect by any means. Is this because your
1: is this fiance or girlfriend?
0: Uh well she's my fiance. She's um fiance. and and no, um I'm I'm not necessarily doing it like because she wants me to. It's because um,
1: you want to. That's even if, better. If,
0: if any if anything, I've probably made her diet a lot worse. Oh. <laughs> so sorry yeah you're Um, trying
1: to bring her back down you gotta change that up
0: (laughs) but um but yeah no uh, like like for me I've always known that a lot of the things that I've done throughout my life have not necessarily been good um and I've I've had a lot of goals in my life that I want to accomplish that require me to become significantly healthier than where I sit currently mm-hmm. and um and at the beginning of this year I said screw it I am going to get this stuff done that I want to do you know I'm not getting any younger it's you know it's right. you know the, it's not going to get easier if I just wait another year so why not just start now you know so I've been working on getting the the um the nutrition better and and that's been a journey in of itself you know like I used to hate V8 juice now I'm drinking V8 juice fairly frequently.
1: <laughs> look at <laughs> you, And you. know? your vegetables in.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, and, then, and then I've also been working out a lot. Why? Because one of the things that I really want to accomplish in my life is I want to do significantly well in a Ninja Warrior competition. Ooh, look right? at you. That's awesome. I think that would be so cool. Now, the cool. thing for me is I've always had good leg strength because I've always been in track, running, cross country, all those different things. So running's never been a problem for me. But with Mm -hmm. Ninja Warrior, it's a lot about arm strength and upper body strength. And that's something I never really developed that well. Even like, I played NCAA lacrosse, which requires you to have a decent amount of body strength, but I did not have enough body strength to do the Ninja Warrior. And so I've I've been taking some major steps this year to dramatically increase my level of health so that I can do the things that I want to be doing. Right.
1: And that's going to be great for your kids because the new research, I went to a a conference last year and they were talking about how the dads, you know, you know, moms get blamed for everything, (laughs) but how the dads like taking care of themselves and being healthy will affect your kids.
0: Well, but, I, I could imagine that, be, yeah. and, and like I feel like there's so much undue pressure on the mothers, because the child is literally carried in the mother, right? <laughs> right, right. But like, but the dad plays such an important role in a family too. Oh, you yeah. Know, it's of it's not just about the mother. I mean, uh, a lot of people have their fathers in their life. I never had my father in my life. He, he chose not to be a part of my life. And that's had impacts on me. Oh, like
1: definitely.
0: his not being there had an impact on me. So I know for a fact, if your father is there, right, it's going to have some sort of an impact on you. Oh yeah, and, and it may be very slight impact, right? But sometimes the smallest things build up into great things over time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just think it was really cool that their research is coming out. Like, and w- what they're finding is that, not that you're overweight, Cody, because you're <laughs> definitely not. But they're finding, you know, men that are overweight that it's affecting the genes of the baby to become obese. And so they did studies where they would lower the, the fat on the, on the guy and it affected the child to not have weight issues. And so they know there's a big genetic, disclosure there but it was just kind of interesting that they never I'm like what you never looked into the guys like the fathers, like why is the moms getting blamed for everything or usually they get blamed or rewarded for everything so finally we're looking to the guys obviously we know they're 50 percent of the next child but it's just kind of interesting that they're finally doing research more research on the guys (laughs) maybe they didn't have the technology back then and now we do I don't know
0: well well and and sometimes I think it's just People bring just biases into everything you know they don't they don't even consider what the impact could be, even if they can rationally say fifty percent of the genes are because of the guy right because right. because that's rational right right don't, like bring the full picture around to be like, so like how does this actually play a role in the birth of the kid,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And staying with the child. And yeah, all those studies, like you were saying, it's so it can really impact a child on not having their father around, you know, definitely emotionally talking about emotional stress and what it's what it's doing for our moms that are single moms. Oh, yeah. To- Children, all
0: of that so there's 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 so much impact in in, in, in all of this right like (laughs) like at like at home what like the the roles parents play they're huge right in medicine right the role your doctor plays it's huge and can have dramatic in in, uh, impacts Mm -hmm. right like all all these things they're, they're people that have more power than they realize and they're not recognizing how it's impacting at lower levels.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why it's, um, you know, really important. That's why I love being a chiropractor, because I can make my own schedule and be home with my kids and be able to see things, you know, like I was at my son's tennis match, you know, so I could be on your last podcast. And, you know, all of those things are so important. And you said, you know, family's real important. That's everything, you know, to raise a healthy, and that was my big mission is when I wrote the book called No More Meds, was to raise my family without needing medication and to teach other families how they are able to do that without popping pills. And And it starts with, you know, eating at the dinner table as a family and talking about things that usually families don't want to talk about, you know, and to keep their stresses low and to know what your kids are struggling with so you can help them and ha- have that open communication. All of that is a big part of health.
0: Definitely. Well, not just health, but I would argue it's success in general, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're coming at the family perspective that you need to have this, this literal connection with your kids, with your significant others, right? You, you need to create those connections. You need to talk about the heart issues, right? Mm-hmm. Even though that they're uncomfortable and people don't necessarily want to talk about them. You have to actually get them out there so you guys can be healthy as a family. But it's, it's, it's not just your family that has to go through this. It's the same thing in the business world, right? If you have a team, right, yeah. who's not communicating with each other about the problems that are happening, what happens? The business fails, exactly. right?
1: Yeah.
0: Or, or you get silos, right? I, I remember my first corporate job I went into, right? I, I, I was going into the accounts receivable department, right? And I'm like, I'm excited. I'm out of college. I'm, I'm ready to tackle the big corporate world, right? Like, yeah. this is going to be great, right? My department was three people. We had like millions of dollars in past due receivables. We go to a company function, right? So this, it's like an all hands meeting. Everyone's there, right? Mm-hmm. Our CFO is on stage and he talks about how, the AR team, the team that I had just become a part of, literally gives him nightmares.
1: Oh, nightmares! Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: and so many teams put like said that we were the problem oh, in the organization, and there were all these silos that existed. It was terrible, and and like. I'm so thankful I had this awesome leader that came into the organization and he completely changed everything around and our, our department ended up becoming like the golden child department was like awesome redemption story and everything. But like, but like how, how often does that happen in business? where people aren't talking about the real issues and there's so many issues that we we're like we're drowning and no one's trying to help the other people get through these drownings right mm-hmm. and it happens at home too right how how many kids feel like they can't talk to their parents about what's going on and how how many kids are drowning in what's going on in their world on a feeling like they can't talk to their parents
1: right i know and you have to open that door, you know, you have to open that door as a parent to know your child and know when, even if they don't say anything, you can kind of know something's going on. And then you just have to ask the right questions, (laughs) Uh, especially for my 17 year old son. I'm like, if I don't ask the right question, I'm not going to be able to get what I need from him. Uh, But yeah, every night I like to go to his room and we talk, you know, that's kind of our time to when the girls, I have young girls, so once they're finally in bed, I'm like, Noah, tell me what's going on, you know? And and that's when he's able to, you know, open up and tell me different situations, because there's, there's a lot that you gotta keep up with, you know, every day, because yeah. if you wait, if you wait like three weeks, you're like, oh, you know you need to keep
0: up on a day everything's changed right especially with teenagers like they've already been through three relationships in (laughs) those three weeks and you know it went from being like everything's great to the world is ending yeah yeah i'm not saying Uh, that's your son but there's there are a lot of there are a lot of teenagers that are like that today yeah
1: because he decided um like within the last three weeks he was going to go to three different proms i think now he knows what prom he's going to it's in may now but it was the first of April and we got the, we got the tuxedo and then he broke up with the girl and then he, okay, he's like, no, I don't want to go to that prom. I want to go to this prom. So anyway, this is like the third prom now, but I'm just like, oh my goodness, <laughs> you know? So yeah, you got to keep the open communication up almost daily with these guys.
0: Yeah. So. And, and in business too, right? Because things like that happen all the time. Like, oh, yeah. we had this deal that we thought was going to go through and it didn't go through. Oh, we think this deal is going to go through. It didn't go through. I don't think this deal is going to go through. Actually, it is going through. This is where we're headed here, right?
1: Yeah. And it's so nice to have team meetings. I mean, I don't know if you, I don't know if you guys have the team meetings, but that, that's where we kind of open up with everything. We do that in our practice because our practice can get really busy. And just to have, okay, every day you can talk to me, but during our team meeting, let's discuss things that come up that I need to know about, you know. Definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and
0: that's, that's so important. At, at any sort of, of community that you have, at home, at business, you have to talk through these things that are going on. And mm-hmm. it, it requires intentionality, right? Like you wouldn't have this relationship with your son if you didn't intentionally go and actually sit down with him to have these conversations. And I'm sure there are some times where he doesn't reveal what you can obviously see is on his mind, right? There are times that that exists. And there are times where there's not really that much to talk about and it's like a pretty short conversation, right?
1: Yeah, but you just gotta keep it open. That's the biggest thing, you know, Um, because there is people that just won't talk. and And I've learned, you know, they'll talk when they're ready you don't push them, They'll, they will open up to you. But you have to be consistently around that person to get them to open up to you. Because there are some people that it takes a while to <laughs> take the wall down, I guess, right? People yeah. Have these walls around them and you have those personalities that they will talk to you too much. And you're like, <laughs> okay, I know your personality. And then, yeah, the other personality is like, okay, we got to get you open up. So how can I do that?
0: So Definitely. And real with people,
1: I mean, that's the biggest thing I know who you are at the workplace and who you are at, you know, a home life and not being two separate people and two separate personalities. I don't know There is there are some people that do that and that's just,
0: that would be too hard for me. Oh, so, well, I mean, and it's too hard for them too is the thing. They may not admit it. Right. But if, right. if you're go, if, if you go to work right now and you're one person and then you be go home and you're a different person, right? You've literally created split personality disorder. Like you're not medically split personality, but that is how you're acting. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, there is a person that is truly who you are inside, right? Like there is a true you. And if you're living in these two different lives, either you're only living who you truly are half the time, or you're never truly living who you are. Like, those those are your options, right? And so, like, and and when you don't truly live who you are, right, that causes a lot of stress, right? A lot lot of stress. Medical issues.
1: Yes, yes. You got to free that up, you know. I have learning more to laugh more, (laughs) you know, just to laugh because life is so short, you
0: know, and not to take everything so serious all the time. Um, but you I know exactly be- what you mean. I, i try to make it a habit to laugh at myself every single day.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's really good, Cody. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good to laugh at yourself, you know? And, and when, like I said, when my girls told me like in the eighties, did we have like a stove and hamburgers? I'm like, oh my goodness. You know, it's just so funny what they think. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's so good to keep up with that laughter and it's your, even though it's your personality, just be who you are and in the workplace and learning how to work with people. Cause that's really what it's all about is being with people. I mean, I know there's some work where they're not with people, but you know, you need to be with people and develop relationships. It's so important.
0: But, but even if you're a solopreneur, right, Mm -hmm. you you have relationships somewhere, right? You you might be at home. You might have to contract work, right? You might have to contract work from other people you're going to have clients hopefully right mm-hmm. otherwise yeah. you're not much of a business and if you're if that's where you are you need some help from a coach or somebody you know and there there are people who will help you with that you know but like mm-hmm. there's there's relationships that are around you you just have to actually be intentional about developing them
1: exactly i like that word you're saying intentional because that's you got to put it on the schedule. Got to put it on the calendar.
0: And not just put it on the the schedule and the calendar, but act on it, right? right. There's right. the, the being intentional requires two parts. One is actually taking the time prior to make it a priority. Mm-hmm. And then two, actually acting on it, mm-hmm. right? Because it, because there's, there's another sure. phrase around intentionality that says that the, the, um, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, right? Mm. So it's not just the the intention of doing good. It's about acting on the intention.
1: Right, right. Exactly. That's that's so good. So true. A lot of truth to this.
0: Definitely. So, so like, okay, so someone wants to become healthier in their life, right? W- what would you say are the top things that they need to do? Like, if you... Like do these things if, if you want to start this journey to at least get you a good start
1: well mentally be to, start. to make the decision that I want to be healthier mm-hmm. um, but you got to have I tell my patients like they need to have some kind of why because it's hard it's hard to exercise it's hard so to, hard yeah, so <laughs> you need to have a why and a goal set for yourself definitely you know? so it's, if you have a why and not just like I want to wear my bikini on July fourth or something like that. Don't make that your why. Okay, make it different. Like a, usually for somebody else, somebody is easier. They're easier to take care of themselves if they feel like they're helping somebody else. Definitely, um, there's some kind of service with that. So have you know have a purpose. You know have a why of why you're doing it. Um,
0: just real quick on that one. I, I would, I would throw myself in here. We we were talking about my soda addiction, right? mm -hmm. Part of my soda addiction is I love the taste of soda. Right. And so giving up soda has not been an easy process for me because I, I enjoy the taste of soda. And so like, if, if I were to say like, I want it to, to be healthier, I want to give up soda. Like that doesn't make sense (laughs) to to my mind right? Because my mind's like, well, but it tastes good and it doesn't seem to have any effect on your body. So like, there's, there's no reason to do this. Yeah, so then, you don't like, have a why two weeks later, I'd be back in the same soda pit of, you know, of, of terribleness. Right. And so like, so then it's, it's digging into the deeper why. Right. And mm-hmm. for me, There's there's kind of two things in my mind. One, I'm working on building a business, which is about becoming a legendary leader. Which you have to be a legendary person to become a legendary leader, right? Yeah, you got to live that lifestyle. Legendary things. So so if I don't make this type of change in my life, right? How can I be the forefront of this movement that I want to do? I can't, right? Mm -hmm. It, It would be inauthentic to do that. the The other thing for me is. I'm gonna have kids someday, right? And I don't want my kids to have that same soda dependence, addiction. that same addiction, right? I don't want them to have that, because yeah. I know it's not good. And, mm-hmm. and even if it hasn't had any impact on me yet, right? That doesn't mean it won't have an impact on them, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so, so I don't, I don't wanna pass that on to them they, they don't exist yet. I don't have names for these kids that don't exist. I don't know when they're going to come into the world. Right. It's not like, this is like nine months down the line. And like, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I need to plan for this. Like I'm, I'm not having kids anytime soon. I know this. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and so like, okay, someday I'm going to have kids, but I need to make myself healthier now so that when they do come along, I can be that model for them. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the kind of why you have to dig into.
1: I know, exactly. That's what I was saying. like, you have to have a why first. And to people like, you know, they'll tell me, I'm like, oh, why do you want to lose weight? Or why do you want, you know, why do you want to be healthier? This, And they'll give me a reason that's so pitiful. And I'm like, that's (laughs) not going to withstand you. Like, like I said, the bikini or whatever, that's not going to withstand you. Like you need something deeper. And so like, you know, my why is like, you know, to be healthier. I don't want to get cancer. Like I saw my mom yeah. go through brain cancer and that was a very scary thing. I mean, I'm not saying that I may still get it. I don't know, but I'm going to try to do everything in my power to what I know to help
0: myself be as healthy as I can. To lessen the chance. Yes. Wow.
1: Because she died young and I miss her and she wasn't able to see my grandkids, you know, her, her grandkids, my kids, you know, so, you know, we have to have a stronger why. Um, so yeah, that's first. And I would write that in the journal. Like, this is why I'm doing this, you know, uh, because it's a daily decision. And so another thing is to take the time to take deep breaths. So,
0: <laughs> like, day, like, do that right now. Just like, like, like
1: just and... do that right now. Yeah. Like, take that time.
0: Deep breath out.
1: And just enjoy the moments being stress free and don't stress about being healthy because that's not gonna help you.
0: But <laughs> <laughs> that's like counterintuitive, right? That's
1: right. Exactly. <laughs> like make it fun. You know, there's a lot of great um, you know, recipes out there that are very healthy and so good. And they can be fun and creative and beautiful, um, that it doesn't have to be like really hard. A lot of people think, like, oh, it's too hard. It really doesn't have to be. You know, yeah. hanging out with people that are healthy, like-minded, that's mm-hmm. a big one too. So if you're hanging out with Cody and he's like drinking a bunch of soda. <laughs> yeah, if, I, if, I'm,
0: if I'm chugging five sodas, right, and every day I say, hey, do you want one, right? It's, it's gonna it's be the really situation. hard to go to the soda
1: exactly like if you're a smoker and you want to quit smoking don't hang out with people that are smoking yeah it's gonna make it harder for you to stop you know exactly. so exactly then having a support system so either it be your spouse or a friend or a co uh, you know somebody that you work with a coworker, you know someone that just supports you that's in that health minded that's going to keep you accountable that's yes. that's
0: that's key it's a huge uh, key right because like it's great if you're like, yay, good for you, right? But then like, at the same time, if, if you're like having a hard day and you're like, sheesh, I really want a cupcake,
1: and, yeah, and,
0: no. and your per- the, the person who's your accountability partner is all like, oh, you've been doing great. You should have a cupcake, right? <laughs> right, like, right. They're, they're not doing that great of a job of being an accountability partner.
1: They can be like, "Ooh, I brought you some strawberries instead," you know. Like, "Oh, that's that's awesome! Thanks for the strawberries." They can be so fulfilling than that cupcake. Um, yeah, so stuff like that, you know. I'd say, what did I say? Breathe, accountability, and to know your why. Those would be my top ones. And don't stress about don't stress about it because most people know what they need to do.
0: Mm-hmm. Like you
1: knew, like
0: oh I'm yeah, this- I definitely knew. <laughs>
1: I know this is bad, like, but I need a greater why to get off of it. So most people know what they need to do. It's just a matter of doing it, taking action.
0: And, and another thing I would throw into that mix is start small, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's like, like for me with, with the whole soda thing, it's not like I went cold Turkey and said, I'm not drinking any soda anymore. Right. Like I, I didn't do that. Right. I, I started off with drinking some black tea in the morning. Right. And actually drinking the same amount of soda during the day. Right. But just so I could switch where, where was I getting my caffeine from? Right. Mm-hmm. And then I started to drink more black tea, reduce the amount of soda as I drink more black tea. Okay. Now I'm getting this right. Okay. Well, how about I switch from black tea to green tea because it's been healthier. Right. Yeah, I tell
1: people don't go like into their pantry and throw everything away. You know, like some people are like, I'm changing my life. I'm throwing away everything in my pantry and I'm just buying like whoever, what they think, nuts and, you know, (laughs) you know, something like that. And I'm like, no, I don't want you to do that. But over the course of the year, you'll be like, wow, my pantry has changed over the course of the year where it's not lucky charms anymore. It's, you know, healthier, yeah. version you know so you know just take a step at a time because that's the only way to really accomplish it over a long period of time and make it more of a lifestyle that yes, is achieve, achievable
0: definitely most definitely so so you you've written I, more than one book right i'm not yeah. crazy in thinking this right
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah i wrote learning how to breathe and then my the second book was called No More Meds. And I wrote that for my best friend. Um, her child got um, diagnosed with autism. And I went, she was like texting me every day, what should I do about this? What should I do about that? And so I was like, I just need to write you a book. So <laughs> I just wrote her a book about the foundations of how to help a child that has learning disabilities and ADHD and um, ADD and... Um, Panic, just you know, panic and anxiety, and you know, all of these things that you know kids struggle with today that you don't even realize. Um, I wrote that book based on her and, and to help her child out, and it's really kind of taken off. Um, so, I've written, I was gonna write another book, but I just decided to combine the two and like No More Meds for Adults because people are like, Well, what's No More Meds for Kids? and now what's No More Meds for Adults? and I'm like, Well, it's kind of like my Learning How to Breathe book. But we can kind of combine the two. But yeah. Anyway, there's so much to talk about, and there's so much to write about, so much to listen to. Uh, but definitely surrounding yourself with those people that can encourage you daily. And I'm really proud of you for doing this podcast to inspire people to make a difference. Uh, well, thank
0: you. And I appreciate getting that. them
1: into that leadership position that they deserve.
0: Definitely. And 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 that's the thing, right? There's there are so many people who have the capabilities, the potential, and should be doing amazing things in the world, right? Mm-hmm. And it's small, small little things that are preventing them from actually achieving it, right? And, and, and there are so many, so many problems in the world, so many bad examples of leadership that we need to look at the people who are doing things right that are taking the small things and making a bigger deal about them, right? Like our nutrition, like our breathing, right? Like, thank you for taking a stand on these things, right? Because there is there is a generation of people, right, that don't understand this at all. They, they don't understand the importance of breathing. They don't understand how it can cause so many medical problems. They don't understand how if, if I eat out every day that it can end up killing me 50 years too early and preventing me from having the energy to do what I feel like I want to do in the world, right? <laughs> Those are the people we need to see in the world. We need to see people like you. We, we need to follow people like you. We, we need to look to leaders that are doing these good things in the world. We need to bring them up so they can be heard. That's what I want to do. So,
1: oh, thank you, Cody. That's awesome.
0: Definitely yeah,
1: good, good stuff.
0: <laughs> so, 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 Corinne, is there anything we haven't touched upon that you would just really, really like to dive into?
1: Man, we covered so many subjects today. I think that's, you know, I think that's a lot just to chew on for people to get a handle on. Um, and I think if they just took a couple things that we talked about today, it can make a big impact in their life.
0: Definitely. And, and we're not talking about, you know, dramatic life changes, like cutting out all your sugars at once, right? right. Or, or ending your soda addiction at once, or like doing a five hour long meditation every day, right? Like th- these, I mean, if, just you like five want, if you want minutes. Yeah, if you really would to try and go for that, I mean, more power to you. But those are really, really difficult things to do. And a lot of times, it's just the small little things that we do that make bigger differences in the long run.
1: Exactly. Like eating strawberries instead of a cupcake.
0: Exactly. <laughs> or breathing for just like breathing. a, minute, a right? minute and focusing on the breath.
1: Yeah, focusing on that breath because mentally it's, it's all about where you are, you know, mentally to get there and just taking a day at a time.
0: Exactly. Awesome. (laughs) Corinne, if someone wants to try and get a hold of you, what are the best ways they can go about getting in touch with you?
1: They can reach me on my website. It's uh, drcorinneweaver.com.
0: Fantastic. Awesome. Are you on social media too?
1: Yeah, I'm on social media. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on YouTube. (laughs) I try to get there a lot. So if you just search Dr. Corinne Weaver and decide which one, which area you want to go to. And I try to reach out when people reach out to me.
0: Awesome. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, Corinne. This has been a blast.
1: I enjoyed it. Have a good rest of the night.
0: You too. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode. Please make sure to go on to your favorite podcast player of choice and there, rate the podcast, then subscribe so that you don't miss any episodes. And then, if you truly want to be a leader, share this episode with someone that you know will be impacted because the best leaders fuel not only themselves, but others as well to their heroic potential. If you want to unlock your heroic potential faster, then you will want to join the League of Legendary Leaders, an association of leaders who are dedicated to unlocking their heroic potential, unlocking the heroic potential of others, and where legendary leaders are born. We also have a goal to raise $100,000 monthly to support nonprofit causes that are actively undertaking causes to impact the future in areas including neurodiversity, character strength, positive psychological research, homelessness, and more. Seize the call now. Go to www.theleadership.guide and click Get Free Guidance Now to propel you on your journey to legendary leadership. I'm your host, Cody Dakota. And I'm honored to have spent this time with you today. My final message for you, and listen closely, it's time. Wake up your heroic potential, let go of your fears and anxieties, and let's discover what is possible on your journey to become a legendary leader, emerge, and become who you were meant to be.